Hello and welcome to Through the Bible with Les Feldick, an inspirational and informative half hour of insight into the heart of Scripture. In addition to teaching the Bible, Les is a full-time rancher, having a down-to-earth practical teaching style that makes the Bible come to life. All programs are available on audio tape, videotape, and in printed form. At the end of the program, there will be an address where you can contact the ministry. And now, here's Les Feldick with today's lesson. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning of verse 1. Now remember what Paul has been talking about throughout these first three chapters. Now he says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries. Now underline that word stewards and the mysteries. Now the first thing you have to do is define. You remember when back in the Old Testament God was telling Abraham that he was going to be the father of a nation and many people and uh, what was Abraham's answer? Well, how can I be? I don't have a son, and all I have is this steward, Eliezer of Damascus. Now, what in the world was he talking about? Well, he was a manager. Now, our word economy really comes from the same root word that we get steward. And all it is is someone who is a manager of a household or someone who is in control of something and then he says in verse 2 that if you're going to be the right kind of a steward or if you are going to be a good manager, then what do you have to be? Faithful. See? Faithful. In other words, in my classes here in Oklahoma again, this is where I do most of my teaching, of course, and I've always put it this way. If you owned a business and you are going to move to another state and you leave your business in the care and the management of a manager or steward, what would you expect him to be? Faithful. He's going to have to be honest. He's going to have to keep good books. He's not going to be stealing from you. He has to be a good, faithful steward of what belongs to you. Now, the amazing thing is that Paul has given to every true believer an understanding of the mysteries. But the problem is most of them don't. And so I've, I've just always almost made it a priority to try to help believers understand what are these mysteries that Paul is always referring to. Well, I'll sometimes put it on the board. Now, I've got the verses up there today, so I'm not going to do it. I'll just put it like a great big wagon wheel with all the spokes. And within this wagon wheel are all the various mysteries that make up what I call this body of truth that Paul calls the dispensation of the grace of God. And within this dispensation or this period of management, we have all these Pauline doctrines that you won't find anywhere else in your Bible. Now, we're going to take a run through Scripture in this next 30 minutes, and we're just going to look at them. I'll start back in Romans, where the first one is found, and we'll just come right up through Paul's letters. So turn back with me, if you will, and I've got them on the board in the same order. Turn back to Romans chapter 11, verse 25. And it's a verse that we have alluded to more than once on the program. Romans 11... Verse 25. Tell with me. Romans 11, verse 25. And of course, this is the great chapter where Paul makes it so certain that God is not true with the nation of Israel. 
Now, I know there's a lot of literature out there that tries to say that he is, but the book says he is still going to return one day, and we think it's getting soon, and he's yet going to fulfill everything that he has promised to the nation of Israel. Now, that's the chapter 11, you remember, when we were back in Romans, was all about how that he is yet going to come back to Israel. Now then, verse 25, one of the mysteries that was revealed to this apostle that no one else had ever dreamed of. Here it is. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Now, remember the other word for mystery is secret. Ah, he says, what a secret. And it's been held in the mind of God until we come to this apostle. I would not that you should be ignorant of this secret, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, which a lot of Gentiles are tonight, that blindness, in part, not forever, but it has been now for 1900 and some years, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile be brought in. A secret. Why, the Old Testament understood that God would one day save Gentile, but they had no idea that it would be without Israel. See, the whole idea in Isaiah and other prophecies was that once Israel became the obedient vehicle, that kingdom of priests, then Israel would evangelize the Gentile. But kept in my mind of God a total secret was that God would go with salvation to the Gentile without Israel, even though they rejected him. And he displaced them from Jerusalem and dispersed them into the nation of the world. Now he has gone to the Gentiles with the gospel of the grace of God. A mystery, a secret kept in the mind of God, but now revealed. All right, our next one is Romans 16:25. Right at the doxology of the chapter, Romans 16, verse 25. And whenever you see this word mystery, it's the same identical Greek word meaning secret, mysterion. All right, Romans 16, verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, Paul says, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation or the revealing of the secret. And this secret has been kept secret. How long? Since the age began. Now, the word world here is ion in the Greek, so it also means the age of the ages. So ever since creation of man, this had never been revealed that God would take salvation to the Gentiles by faith and faith alone. All the Old Testament was by way of Israel. All right, the next one now is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. And here is where he's been dealing with wisdom. We looked at this here a while back. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Now he says, we speak the wisdom of God in a secret, a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our, I think he should have used the pronoun my, unto my glory. Now, what was it? That Jesus was the Christ. And that secret, the princes of this world, next verse, did not know. They didn't know who he was. For Paul says, had they known it, then what? They would have never crucified him. But they didn't know. 
I know I've told my classes for years and years. Israel should have known who Jesus was. The Old Testament was full of him. Israel could have known if they'd have just simply studied their Old Testament. But Israel did not know. Now, don't jump all over the Jew for their ignorance. America has had the gospel preached. America has the Bible, I trust, in almost every home, in every library. Everywhere you want to go, there's copies of the scriptures. Yet how much of America today knows that we are approaching the end time? Very few, except some lady told me the other night, one of the uh, magazines in the supermarket. What do you call them? The whatever. Yeah, the tabloids. One of the tabloids had across the whole front page, repent. The end of the age is coming next week. <laughs> Leave it to a tabloid. But see, they know nothing. They know nothing of biblical prophecy. They know nothing of all the details that God has already laid out for. But see, even in here in America, with all of our Bibles, very few people know or understand that we're getting close, that the Lord is about to intervene in human history. All right, so this is what he's talking about. They didn't know, and we're no different today. It was a secret that had been kept in the mind of God until he revealed it to the Apostle Paul. All right, now we've already looked at the word as he used it in chapter 4 in 1 Corinthians. Now let's go to chapter 13, verse 2. Here's the love chapter. And it sits right between the two chapters where Paul is dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. And he says in verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy, which is, was a gift that was needed at that time before the Word came into print, and it was a gift. Men had the gift of speaking forth the Word of God, even though it was not yet in print. And he says, Though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries. Now, of course, he's taking it beyond, I think, the mysteries revealed to him, because all of your pagan religions, I'm afraid too many people don't understand this, all of the pagan religions of the world, what do they speak of when they speak of the very inner sanctum of that religion? The mysteries, the secret things that, that the common initiate, I call them, never are aware of. But the wheels, the guys who are really at the head of everything, the guys who get all the wealth accumulated, they understand those mysteries, and they're satanic every time. They're always satanic. You know, that's why if you ever have any t opportunity to visit with missionaries that come back from these still rather dark areas of the world, where they're still in pagan practices, you ask them, is there power in those pagan religions? <laughs> you bet there's power. Not God's power, of course, but it, it's that whole idea of the mysteries of those religions. But Paul is, I think, including both when he has this hypothetical. See, he says, even if I could. Doesn't say that he does. All right, let's go on to the next one. 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, this is a glorious one. This is the one I was just referring to. 1 Corinthians 15, verse, verse 51. Did I miss 14? Okay, that's what you have to do. Let me know. 14, yeah, verse 2. 14, verse 2. Verse 2, for he that speaketh in a unknown. Now, that's added by the translators. I prefer to leave it out. 
For he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh what? Secrets that not everybody can understand. All right? Still means the same thing. Those things that were kept secret in the mind of God. All right, now chapter 15, verse 51. Here again is a truth that has never been revealed in Scripture. There is no hint of this in the Old Testament. Jesus never referred to it. What are we talking about? The rapture. The rapture. Now, it's not called that here, but in language is such that you know that's what it is. Behold, I show you a, a secret. I like the word secret according to our English understanding. Behold, I show you a secret. This is something that's never been revealed before. And what's this secret? That there's going to be a group of believers who will not die physically. And how does he go on to explain it? We'll be all changed. We're not going to go up to heaven in this old body. We're not going to die so we can be resurrected and get a new body, but we're going to be changed. A metamorphosis, if you please. And then he goes on to explain in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and the dead are raised incorruptible, but we who are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment, in an instant. It was a mystery that no one had ever understood until the Lord revealed it to this apostle. All right, the next one, Ephesians chapter 1. Go right on through Galatians. Now Ephesians chapter 1. And you remember I always stress when I teach Paul's letters that he had a progressive revelation even as the Bible as a whole does. And so some of these things come out in greater detail in his later prison epistles than they do in the first one. And this is obvious. See, just look here. Romans and Corinthians. Those were the pre-prison epistles. These are the revelations that Paul got early on. But when you get over here into Ephesians and Colossians and Timothy, this is toward the end of his writing career, and he has a greater revelation than he had back here. Never lose sight of that when you study Paul. All right, now then, in Ephesians 1, verse 9, he says, Having made known, that is, speaking of Christ and our position in Him, having been made known unto us the secret of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, in other words, when everything is complete, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. In other words, Paul says, here is a secret now revealed that this is the hope of the believer, that when God brings everything to its culmination and we go into eternity, there we are. There we are. The objects of his eternal purpose. And what was his eternal purpose? Oh, his mercy and grace in saving lost sinners. Now we're going to have to move quickly. I didn't think the half hour would go that fast. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. I almost have to start verse 1 in this chapter. Ephesians 3, starting at verse 1. For this cause... In other words, everything that he's been giving out in the first two chapters. I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If you have heard 
of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you word. How that by, here it comes now, by revelation. Oh, he wasn't taught it. He didn't get it from other men. But how by revelation he, the ascended Lord, made known unto me the mystery. See how this word just keeps popping up? Well, what's this particular mystery? Well, let's read on down. Verse 4, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the secrets of Christ, which in other ages or past generations was not made known. See how plain that is? Unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. Now remember, Paul wasn't the last of the apostles. There were others that followed in his footsteps during the apostolic age. All right, now here is basically what this mystery amounts to that the Gentiles were of all things going to become what? Fellow heirs with Christ. Israel never had a promise like that. Israel never had a promise that they would be joint heirs with Christ. Now, you know what that means? You know, I've got some lawyers in my classes, and about that time I thought, okay, what does this mean in lawyer terms? Hey, what's one belongs to everybody. And that's what we're going to have. Everything that is Christ is now going to be the rightful property, or whatever you want to call it, of the believer. As we are joint heirs as Gentiles in this body of Christ. All right, now come on over to chapter 6, verse 9. Now this is just a summarization. Now, this is certainly not detailed like I'd like to teach them. But now Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. No, I got the wrong one there for some reason or other. There's no mystery in that world, in that word. Ephesians 3, 9. Okay, let's go down to Colossians 1, 26. Colossians 1, 26. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1. Verse 26. Have I got Ephesians 9 up there too? Yeah, I do. 6, 9. I don't know where I got that one. Huh? Okay, 3, 9, and I, sh I don't, shouldn't have 6, 9 in there. Okay, now Colossians 1, verse 26. Did I miss 3, 9? Okay, yeah, let's listen. Listen, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm glad you corrected me. Come back to Ephesians. Chapter 3, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. And I hope they're starting to make a collective sense now. Well, let's almost have to read verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Now remember, this is a whole new concept in Scripture. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Now verse 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the secret which from the beginning of the age, the King James says world, which from the beginning of the age has been, what's the next word, hid where? In God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now what's he saying? Now remember, he's talking earlier in this chapter that the Gentiles are going to be joint heirs with Christ. 
And like I said, that was something a Jew had never even heard of in their covenant promises. But you and I as Gentile believers have this prospect that when we go into the eternal abode, we're going to be joint heirs with Christ. Now then he comes down in verse 9, and he wants this mystery to be seen by all believers, not just the spiritual, not just the pastors, not just the theologians, but everyone. 619. Okay, honey, we'll get to it. Okay, now then, so that all will see the fellowship. Now, you all know what the word fellowship means. It's a meeting of the minds. In other words, when believers get together, we speak of fellowship. And it's having like-minded thinking about things. And so, to help all men see what is the fellowship of this secret, which has been kept secret. Now, see, here, here's where I... I get a little uptight. Why can't people understand that this was not yet revealed during Christ's earthly ministry? Jesus never indicated that there would be this kind of a consort between himself and Gentile. He only talked about himself and Israel. But it was kept secret in the mind of God until it was revealed to this man. And now it comes out to the whole Gentile world. Look at this glorious prospect of having a joint airship with Jesus Christ, even though it has been hid. All right, now then let's come on to 6, verse 19. Thank you, honey. Yes, I'm glad we found it. Ah, Ephesians 6, 19. That was easy enough to correct. You know, I told someone that called on the, on the phone one day, I had made a glaring mistake. And I said, well, no doubt. I said, you want to remember, this is one program that is not edited. Nobody goes through and picks out my mistakes. When I make a mistake, I live with it. And uh, can't help that. All right, Ephesians 6, verse 19. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the what? The secret of the gospel. That's what it says. And you can't twist it to mean something else. That Paul is now proclaiming something that had never been revealed before. And that is that Gentiles, as well as Jews, can be saved by believing on the finished work of the cross enter into this glorious relationship with Christ that makes us a joint heir with Him, not just for this life, but for all eternity. What a glorious prospect. I mean, it should just make the hair on the back of our neck stand on end to think that this is what's facing us. Not some great doom and judgment, not some I hope so and I think maybe, but we have this assurance that this mystery is this fellowship that we as Gentiles are going to enjoy and already do. All right, Colossians 1, 26. I'm going to have to hurry anyway yet. Colossians 1, verse 26. Two minutes to go. Chapter 1, verse 26. Well, again, you have to look at verse 25. Where have I made a minister? according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, Gentiles, to fulfill the word of God. Even, here it comes, even the mystery or the secret which has been hid 
from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Plain language? I don't see how you can get it any plainer. All right, chapter 1, going on up to verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, this secret, among the what people? Gentiles. What is the secret? That Christ is in a Gentile. Now, you see, this is something a Jew could never comprehend. That Christ is dwelling in Gentiles. You better believe it, because that's what the book says. All right, let's go on hurriedly. Chapter 2, verse 2, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the what? The mystery. Thank you for joining us again for Through the Bible with Les Feldick. If you'd like to order audio tapes, videos, or any of our printed material, you may do so by writing Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. That's Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. Or you can call us toll-free if you'd like at one 800 369 7856. That's 1-800-369-7856. Remember, this is a faith ministry, and your participation with us is greatly appreciated. Again, our address is Les Feldick Ministries, Route 1, Box 760, Kenta, Oklahoma, 74552. And our phone is 1-800-369-7856. Thanks again for listening, and please join us next time for Through the Bible with Les Feldick.